0: Welcome to Awaken Podcast. I hope you enjoy the teaching. So would you please welcome my friend, Judy Howard Peterson. Richard. Okay, and I need you to really listen and then retain for about a month and a half because I'm gonna come back and be your speaker for your fall retreat. For those of you who are gonna come up and join us up at Covenant Pines, I'd love to have you come. But I asked Mike, would you mind if I kind of framed um, kind of the theme and what I wanna do kind of as a teaser? And so um, this is kind of where I've been living and I always feel like I preach best out of where I've been living rather, where, rather than where I've been thinking. And, and so this is where I've been living and I'll, I'll give you a little peek into that today. So growing up, my family watched the nightly news, 6 and 10, ABC, NBC, CBS, that was where we got the news. Other than the Sunday paper, which my mom got, not during the week, but we got a Sunday paper that we went through cover to cover as we laid on the living room floor and sorted through the ads and such. It really seems so archaic. Three stations at a scheduled time, the news stories from one local paper, how can that actually been life? Um, now I have access to the news at the touch of a button. Whenever I want to scroll through, whatever source I pick, NPR, Al Jazeera, Huffington Post, The Wall Street Journal, BBC, CNN, Fox, The New York Times, Facebook, Twitter, Reddit, BuzzFeed, The Daily Show with Trevor Noah, Hannity, Never, Colbert, sometimes Tucker, Tumblr, Google, Apple, you name it. We live in a world like in an endless 24-hour news cycle, and the options and the viewpoints are also endless. Unfortunately, in order to fill the 24 hours of every single day and to keep people watching, more often than not, most of these options lean towards bad news for the sake of ratings. Have you noticed that? And not only is much of the news bad for the sake of ratings, but also for the sake of ratings news is now tailored to the bad news viewpoint of your choice which has led to accusations now of fake news and partisan news, and so now rather than uniting us, like, ah, this is something we should know together, news sadly separates us into different factions, and there are fractures that are so deep uh, that it can seem like the people that watch CNN live in an entirely different world than those who tune into Fox. And these days, the news isn't just bad, it's completely divisive, and I know for many of you, it's not just global and local news that's bad for many of you the news isn't that good personally Uh, friends and family are struggling it all comes to you in real time through texts constant feed on your phone perhaps the posts and the blogs you're reading are filled with the pains of people you know personally or people with whom you feel a deep connection and sometimes when we scroll through it can all really seem so gloomy And I know I can find myself asking the question, is there really any good news at all? Is there anything that makes us all want to keep reading? It's in the midst of this reality and this question that I want to read today's scripture. You can put that first slide up uh, that says this. Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. Today in the city of David, a Savior has been born to you, and he is the Messiah, the Lord. Let me pray. Lord God, this is such a tiny little passage. Oh, but God, what if we lived into it? So today I pray that I would be little and that you would be big. God, somewhere along the way that you would chaperone the right words to the right people. I know not all the words are for everyone, but maybe some are. But if you could sort that through between me and the people who have gathered coming hungry for some good news, um, I just submit to your spirit and we invite um, you to come and do what you do as you put um, letters together to form words and words to sentences. And somehow your spirit is in there um, and the word could be life. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. If you have ever heard this verse, you probably heard it around Christmas. Um, Truth be told, when God said, hey, I would like you to live into this verse as a guiding passage for you in this season, I was like, you want me to do Christmas all day long and all year long? But this is not a Christmas passage. This is the gospel in tweet form. And and so, this is the whole thing summed up in a small amount of characters. Um, This is an introduction, really, and the synopsis of all that's going to come next for God's people. This one little passage, two verses, I believe is a guide for how and what God has in store for us. As a result of God putting on the flesh of Jesus, of God taking on a body, um, do not be afraid. I bring you good news. It it will cause great joy for all people. I want to pause for one second before I move to say this. Small words often mean, mean big things when you read the scriptures. Words like all, no one, nothing, everyone. These are real game changers in the text. Great joy for all people. All actually never means some. All always means all. Similarly, there is no one righteous. It's very interesting. In the Greek, the word no one means no one. Nothing can separate you from the love of Christ, nothing simply means no thing. Everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Simply means everyone. Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. Today in the city of David, a Savior has been born to you, and he is the Messiah, the Lord. And what is the emotion of this message that's for all people? This is like news flash, breaking news that was delivered into this world. This was not news whispered under the cover of darkness. This news broke through the dark of night through a heavenly host. This was not a fire that required interpretation. Or manna on the ground where people said, well, what does this mean? What is this? In very clear language, directly into the ears of very real people, God proclaimed this news. And generally speaking, when God delivers a direct message into the world, it's not just some random information about nothing. As a rule of thumb, when God speaks actual something, it is best not to just place it on the same level of all the other posts coming through. When you sense God is speaking, it's best not to just scroll past, which is what we heard about an invitation even to a prayer ministry. Because when the angels deliver this message, it it is a direct message. The news in our passage is not scroll past kind of news. And to make it clear, it is announced as good news, and not just good news, but good news of great joy. And the original hearers clearly understood this to mean that they were going to want to swipe right for this, right? They they understood, like, man, this is, I'm hooking up with this news. This is important for me. Because when the angels deliver this news from God, they don't just come saying, I have a little bit of news for you. It's not like there's just, like, a little bit of something on the bottom of your glass that wouldn't spill over into anything if you really ran around with it. This is not bottom-of-your-glass sort of little bit of news. They don't say, eh, some decent news to share is kind of good news. You, you might want to like it at least. This is not the intonation of this announcement. In fact, it's like what they have to share cannot fit in the standard packaging of even a single angel delivery. The news required an entire choir. When this passage is declared, it comes with an intonation. We have good news. I mean, it is of great joy. You are not going to believe this. This news is so good that the angels came busting out of heaven, bursting and ready to change, life-changing, earth-altering, breaking news. Oh, you know how your mom told you never to do this? This is news that is like bubble on the top of the glass. All you'd have to do is say hello to me. And it would spill over into you, good news. This is all the way to the top. This is something that you could cut me off in traffic, and you might get good news. I mean, this is that kind of good news. This is not bottom-of-the-glass sort of news. This is bursting sort of news. I bring you good news, and this news is of great joy. And you see, I believe this that there was and there still is better news breaking into this world, that in spite of and perhaps even more um, vibrant in the middle of what is taking place all around us, that because of what God has done and God is doing, there's better news for those who know God than what is showing up in our news feeds, which is why I am often spilling God all over other people's lives. The truth is, I just cannot help myself. And this was evident very early in my walk with Jesus. Since i I came and encountered jesus the christ i have been bursting it's rather annoying and uncomfortable for a lot of people but i'm like this is this goodness of great joy now maybe it's because i was so bad and so like i was like what i mean me and so it was so good but when i came to be a follower of jesus i talked about jesus everywhere and to my introvert husband this is super awkward and so, like, I, we would I'd go into stores and talking about Jesus, my waiter, my waitress, you know, staring at people in the next car, hoping they roll on their window. You know, I'm just like, ah. And so, it, it was actually not far from here that, at REI. Uh, we went to buy some camping supplies, and, and we were going in, and my husband, Jeff, he said, wife, um, can we just not talk about Jesus at REI? Husband. I said, I promise I'm not going to talk about Jesus unless somebody asks. Fine. He said, fine. So we go in, and he went over to sleeping bags, and I went to tents. And after a while, he came over to tents, and I was talking to the person about Jesus. <laughs> and Jeff nicely, you know, sits there, and he doesn't say a lot, but he's very supportive. And, um, and he sits there, and then, you know, we paid for our stuff. We went out to the car, and he said, can I just ask what she asked you about Jesus? <laughs> yeah, I said, she asked me if I liked camping. And I said, I always, Jesus when I'm camping. And he was like, ah. But the truth is, is like probably my whole life is kind of like that. Is that I have encountered light and darkness, goodness and sadness, wholeness and brokenness, resurrection and death. I've encountered that in such a consistent way in my faith over time that I am top of the glass pouring over sort of better news. And I often wonder if maybe the reason we as a church are largely bottom of the glass wouldn't spill Jesus over if you shook us kind of people is because we actually are kind of unconvinced that we have anything to offer really that is better news. In fact, let me be so audacious as to suggest that I think many of us are unconvinced about the better news because the news that many of us grew up hearing so much in church about the church really wasn't that good. I grew up hearing about the feeding of the 5,000 in Sunday school. Do you know that it actually was probably the feeding of the 15,000, but they didn't count women and kids? That isn't such good news to me. I don't know if I want to be like sharing scripture that doesn't count women and kids. Uh, I grew up thinking I had to be able to just believe certain things and to be truthful even as a child I struggled with some of it a talking serpent the whole world flooding the sun standing still a God who asked a parent to sacrifice a child an eternal lake of fire for people who don't believe the right things or people who never even had a chance to know the right things I wasn't so sure I wanted to go public and spill this over into anybody's life it seemed toxic. And I grew up hearing about the fear of the Lord, and to be honest, it didn't seem like such good news. I hated being afraid, and I didn't want to have to convince my friends to be afraid when they weren't already afraid. There's better news. If we could tell people that the word fear in Scripture is actually more like the word awe, and it's to recognize your smallness in the face of God's bigness, and it's to say God is God and we are not, oh, thank the Lord. And that's better news than a God who's about to shout you down or scare you into submission. The better news comes when we understand that Jesus too is the full revelation of this God or the manifestation of God in the flesh and that when God put on skin and came into the body of Jesus, he didn't throw his weight around or try to overpower anyone. Instead, Jesus came to serve the world and to lovingly lay down his life for us. Now, I am in awe of that because I hardly ever see powerful people do sacrificial things. Because of this, I'm no longer afraid of God. And this is why I don't even, uh, you don't even have to nudge me for the better news to uh, flow out into the world because, because I am not afraid of God. I think sometimes what we've heard makes us bottom of the glass kind of people. And I want to declare that in in, in the midst of life and church, there is good news of great joy. There is better news, I think, than what we've absorbed. And and I want to do my best to share this better news with you. And I know that the leadership at Awaken wants to equip you best they can uh, to walk alongside you and your world with and as the better news. Um, Now this better news is better for a whole lot of reasons. It's a very short verse. But today I want to start with just the basic better news. I mean, it's amazing what you can get from one passage. I think if you actually read the whole Bible. Um, But but one little passage. Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy. It's going to be for everyone, all people. Today in the city of David, a Savior has been born to you. And he is the Messiah, the Lord. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. What's the news? Today... In a real city, called the City of David, a real savior, a deliverer, protector, rescuer, redeemer has arrived on the scene. This is the heart of the better news, that a savior is gonna show up in real time, in real places, he's been born to you. And he's the Messiah, the Lord. The better news is that we have a God that is going to show up for real, for real. Our God is not a theory, our God is not a doctrine, our God is not a set of rules. Our God is a reality in real life. And that God, the the God that we serve is not just about someday down the road, but it is about this very day today. is today's a very important short word. I'm going to talk about it in a minute. And our passage says this Savior that has come, he is the Christos Kyrios. He is Christ the Lord. Now, Christos Kyrios is the word that we translate Messiah. Now, if you and I want to understand the true impact of this better news uh, that's being declared, it's important we understand the context of the hearers here. The Messiah, the Christos Kyrios, is the long-awaited hope of the people of God. Christos Kyrios. This is shorthand for the one we've been waiting for, for forever. This emoji, you can put it up. This is the emotion. It is like bursting, like it could happen sort of thing. Um, You mean like Christos Kyrios, the Messiah that we've been waiting for? You see, the Israelites had been waiting for rescue as an oppressed people, which means life and circumstances um, have been pressing down on them for a long time. You can put up that next slide. It's like the thumb is pressing down on them for generations. Maybe some of you know this feeling. Maybe it's a week long, a month long. Maybe you've been in this struggle for decades where it feels like a long time. When life is like this, the wait, the rescue can seem like it takes forever. This is the state of mind, the life and the emotion that people are in prior to this Messiah being announced. The Messiah is coming to an oppressed people that have been waiting for a long time for deliverance. They understood that when the Christos Kyrios, the Messiah came, there would be a new day in a real way in this life. Now, I told you I'd come back to the word today in the text. It's important because the Messiah, the Christos Kyrios, Christ the Lord, was not going to come and save them in theory he wasn't gonna save them with happy thoughts and a sense of contentment. He he wasn't gonna medicate them with little verses. But, but he was gonna come uh, and save them in reality, real life. It's not good news to an oppressed people. For you just, just think happy thoughts about a someday. That's not good news. People living under real pressure are looking for help in real life. The Israelites were confident that when the Messiah Christ the Lord was come, he was not gonna come and save them in eternal ways. No, the Israelites believed the Messiah that they've been waiting for was going to enter into real life and change things today. This is what their prophets declared. The Messiah, the Christos Kyrios, would bring freedom and peace today. Captives would literally be let go. And peace would not just be internal, but actual. Shackles gone today. When the Messiah arrived, evil and oppression would not be able to remain standing Today. With the Messiah, death would be swallowed up by life forever, starting today. When the Messiah, With the Messiah, there would be no more hunger or illness, and death would cease. Because of the work of the Messiah, all the dead would rise again. It was prophesied that when the Messiah came, the ruined cities of Israel would actually be rebuilt. Weapons of war would actually be destroyed. And the Messiah would take barren land and make it abundant and fruitful today. Don't be afraid! All of you who are living under the weight of oppression, I bring you good news. It's going to cause great joy, and it's going to be for all people, which means it's not just for some. Today, in the city of David, a Savior has been born to you. He's the Messiah, the Lord, the Christos Kyrios. This is at the heart of the better news. But there's a Savior that shows up in real time, in a real place, changing real circumstances for those who are living under the weight of oppression Now we know that the bulk of those who encountered Jesus believed that today was the context for the better news. Because all through the ministry of Jesus, and even up until Jesus' crucifixion, those around him wondered when the Christos Kyrios was going to overthrow the established regime and take power. Because this is happening today. It's so difficult, I think, for people, for us, to believe that in a Savior that is going to come into a real life today and who's going to save the world in such a radically different way than our most basic instincts want. I mean, who weeds out followers by raising the bar? Today. Who chooses a donkey when they can ride a white horse? Today. Who commands their defenders when they're feeling threatened to put away their swords? Today. Who chooses not to store up wealth in barns today? but instead give all you have to the poor, today. Who forgives their enemies rather than seek vengeance or at least a social media smear campaign, today. This is crazy, this Christos Kyrios. We think he's not saving today because the way Christ saves is so unlike the way uh, and the world we live in and the mind we live with. The way Christ saves is better news for all people, not just for some today. But it's a more difficult kind of practice, even though it's better news. It's more difficult than lowering the bar to keep your entourage. It's more difficult practice than seeking power and self-defense or storing up. This, is, this better news is difficult to, to have it come and be made full. This is why I think that so many Christians have reduced the mission of Christos Kyrios to salvation that happens someday. Because there is no getting around the fact that proclaiming the better news today requires that we're going to raise the bar for ourselves. We're going to choose donkeys. We're going to put down weapons of choice. We're going to be generous on every occasion. We're going to forgive those who really hurt us. Oh, let's have an eternal salvation. That'll be so much more fun. It's a sign that we're not oppressed. The better news is rooted in the truth that we have a God that showed up and continues to show up through God's now body. The then body of Christ was Jesus. He came once as Jesus. Then he ascended into heaven. He sent his spirit. He says, you are the now body of Jesus, the Christ, of the Christ, you. You are the body of Christ. People are like, oh, I haven't seen Jesus. Jesus never showed up for me. Like, well, did your friend come by and bring you a meal? Did somebody come and liberate you from something you were captive to Did you get out of the cage that the world put you in? Who delivered you from that? The better news is rooted in the fact that the now body is for real, for real too. And that our God and our life is not a theory or a doctrine or a set of rules, but a reality in real life. The God we serve is not about someday, but this very day today. Our passage says to an oppressed people, a savior who has been born to you, a Christos curious, a deliverer, a protector, a rescuer, a redeemer, has come into this world in the flesh, which means the things that are trying to crush you, are not going to get the last word, which is why people, after the Messiah arrived, the Israelites wrote things like this. We are hard-pressed on every side. You can put that up, but we are not crushed. We are perplexed, but we're not in despair. We're persecuted, but we are not abandoned. We are struck down, but we are not destroyed in real life. The good news that would cause great joy was not a theory, it was a three-dimensional reality. You see as followers of the Christos curious of Christ the Lord, we become better news for all people when we the now body of Christ are not just devoted to an idea, When we're not devoted to an interpretation, when we're not just uh, devoted to a text, when we are devoted to a God who loved the world so much he put on skin to come and battle real oppression of real people in real life, I'm telling you this is better news than much of what the church has been proclaiming. The point of the Christian faith is not to believe in an idea, I can't believe half this stuff most of my days but to put your faith in a savior that took up actual three-dimensional space on the earth. I can do that, and it's better news. The end goal of the Christian faith is not just to follow two-dimensional rules and to be finished, to check a few boxes and call it good so you can get to your heavenly someday. The invitation is to enter into a life, and you get to follow in the footsteps of a Messiah who saved you in real life, and now wants you to go about rescuing people from their oppression. Maybe oppression by sin and temptation and anxiety and fear, but maybe by oppression to all that enslaves the world. Oh, I can assure you the news gets better for all people when Christian people quit believing in a two-dimensional God. As if the goal is to get into some future heaven. And I can assure you the news gets better when we come into an actual relationship with a Messiah who proclaims rescue, redemption, saving, and an end of, uh, of oppression, not just someday, but today. So let me tell you my great grief. Somewhere along the way, the church began to worship something very two-dimensional. And the truth is, what, what was being proclaimed was as different as this piece of paper is from the tree it came from. We have reduced something that was life and shade and fruit and building to pulp so we could use it. A two dimensional faith. This does correspond to a tree. It once was. But this is not life. This is not living. This is flat and it's dead. But we have done that along the way. And two-dimensional objects that are meant to be three-dimensional are actually pretty tragic and actually pretty gross. You can put up that next slide. This is the only time probably in the history of church anybody has seen a squashed possum on the screen. Okay, I I was stuck in traffic and this was outside my window. And Jesus or the Spirit was speaking to me about how, how ugly it is when something that was once living gets just run over and flat. This is, I think, what the world often sees in the church. This thing, they know it was supposed to live, <laughs> but it's been run over so many times. It's so flat and gross compared to the life. I mean, possums aren't that cute, but you get the idea. <laughs> I actually kind of, ooh, they're long, gross tail. Okay, but, but this, was once, this was once a possum, and now it's just a smear. Our gospel was once life, And now it's just doctrine. And when we do that to it, it is bad news. It's not the better news. Somewhere along the way, you can take that down. I know people don't want to keep looking at it. Somewhere along the way, we made our Jesus, our Messiah, our Christos, Kyrios, flat and lifeless. And as a result, the Christian faith became something we tried to get people to wrap their minds around rather than to wrap their life around A set of written beliefs becomes all you have to assent to. A a, a belief in a creed is all you need to be, uh, check off to be considered one of us. A sticker on your bumper, a box you check, a logo on your shirt, being on the right side of an issue in an argument, this is what made you orthodox. Uh, And as a result, this is what our Savior started to to look like. Um, uh, Just a little cutout, you know? I mean, actually, for most of us, you can put that up. Most of us, actually, Jesus looks like this because we turned him white, too. But um, uh, because we forgot that he was a real person that came in a real place um, and, and, and actually where there were oppressed brown people and, and uh, a brown person saved all the people who were oppressed. And, and one of the things that happens when we flatten it is we can turn it into whatever's useful for us. That's what happens when you turn things into pulp. Um, but if we could at least acknowledge uh, that, that our Savior came in a real body and real flesh and, and, and a, a real gender, a real race and all of that, it would be better news for so many people. In any case, this is what our Savior started to look out. this little cutout. And I'm telling you today, there's something I think you know, but perhaps maybe this can just help make it clear. Um, you really can't have a relationship with this. Hey, how's it going, buddy? All right. Hey. Mm. Right? I mean, this is like, people would think I'm crazy if I did this. Um, Okay, you cannot have a relationship with a two-dimensional object. It's just, well, it's not healthy if you do, but I mean, it's not. You can't stick him in a drawer. You're not supposed to sum him up in a statement. And I I mean, I'm not supposed to be able to fold Jesus up like this. Take him with me and have nobody know. Uh, The Jesus that I'm devoted to is alive. And the Jesus I'm devoted to wants a real relationship in my three-dimensional life. The good news that would cause great joy for all the people, the better news is that God was not going to remain an idea in somebody's head or even a good system of beliefs, no matter how good it is, written down on paper, but instead is going to show up in three-dimensional flesh, in the real life, in the the body of Christ uh, as Jesus. I'm not inviting you to be devoted to an idea. It won't last, or it won't be kind but to be devoted to the person of Jesus the Christ who really showed up in the flesh to all who were oppressed by sin and circumstance, by temptation and fear, and by all the powers that enslave and hold people captive in the world. I'm inviting you into an embodied orthodoxy. Doctrinal orthodoxy, I don't think, can take us any further. A three-dimensional faith is better news because it means that as the church we can be confident that Jesus comes to save wholes and not just souls, which means he cares about the details of everybody's life. Uh, Jesus does not just care about your eternal status, but about your present life. And this is better news than the two-dimensional faith that much of the church often shares. And the Christian faith is far better news when it doesn't reduce people to two-dimensional pulp, and and instead lets them be the three-dimensional spectacular organisms that they are. And this better news is why we talk about and engage in conversations about justice in this world, because the Christos Kyrios, the Messiah that we are following, cared about real flesh and blood human beings and calls us to do the same as you've heard so many times and will hear so many more times until you actually are embodying it in an orthodox way to feed the hungry, to give a cool cup of water to the thirsty, to invite in the stranger, to clothe the naked, to care for the sick, to visit those who are held captive, by sin for sure, but by actual bars, to stand up for all who are oppressed in the world and by religion, we're at inviting you into an embodied orthodoxy. It is this conviction that compels the leadership, I believe, of Awaken to continually call you TO REALLY LIVE YOUR REAL LIFE AS BETTER NEWS TODAY. It's because we follow a three-dimensional God. It's why we fight in the here and now against anything three-dimensionally that oppresses people because this is how the better news came the first time and we're trying to do an embodied orthodoxy. Jesus came into my real life in real time and the moment he did, I knew my past. didn't have to be my future. My circumstances didn't get the last word because a Savior was born to me in a real city. And this was such good news of great joy for me that from that very moment, now I also have the gift of evangelism, so I know I'm super So I know not everybody has that gift, but there should be something in your life. You don't have to say a word to make a meal. But there should be some embodied orthodoxy among us because we too experienced a God who came in a body. There is a Savior who shows up in the middle of real life, in a real town, in a real place. Do not be afraid. This is the news that was delivered by the angels the first time around. It was better news than people had heard in their feeds, not just a bunch of rules to follow or a doctrine to get right, but a relationship to enter into with a real Savior. The good news of great joy did not come as just a word, but it came as a body. Through a human life, you could touch and walk alongside. Our God is not a theory. It is not a doctrine. God is better news than that because he takes up real space. And this will be a sign to you, the angel said. You'll find him as a baby, wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And I want to proclaim this better news to you too. And through you, hopefully to the world, is that God did not and does not remain far away. Because of great love, God couldn't stay away. So he put on the skin and arrived in the body of a baby who was named Jesus. I want you to think about this better news. God took on the flesh of the most vulnerable human being. Oh, come here, you little guy. Our God came like that. Just inviting us to, oh, just pick me up and just draw me really close like this. I'm not trying to overpower you. I'm trying to rest with you, abide with you. Let's begin there. Oh, you will find him this way not riding on a white horse, not coming in power and might. The good news of great joy and the reason you don't have to be afraid is you are gonna find him as a baby, wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger, just pick him up. He doesn't come to overpower you, he's in swaddling clothes, just inviting you to draw him close to your heart. We have this better news, a savior who does not come by force or threat or armies or intimidation, just a birth announcement. Hey, a savior's been born to you. And an invitation, you want to pick them up? Draw them close to your life. I have better news that I want to proclaim. There's a Savior who's Christ the Lord. His name was Jesus. And, and when you draw him close to your heart, when you enter into a real relationship, uh, with, because Jesus is not a theory, um, you will find that what has been does not have to determine what will be. If you have been captive, you can be set free today. If you have been dead, you can be made alive today. If your burdens have been too heavy to carry, Jesus can share the load with you today. If you've been orphaned, Jesus will pick you up and draw you to his chest today. Can I invite you to draw this good news of great joy closer to you? I want you to hear one final thing, the better news about God in the flesh is that God isn't just good news for some people. I bring you good news of great joy for all people. And from the very beginning, the context in which this passage is delivered makes this clear, because the better news is delivered to shepherds first. Now, you maybe played the shepherd in the Christmas pageant and had a little bathrobe and a towel. You looked so cute. Uh, I played Mary, and I was totally in love with Joseph. And I'm like, I have his baby. I was in third grade. Okay, so... But you maybe got to be the shepherd, and the shepherds who heard this news the first time around were not proud of the part they were playing in the world. At the time, uh, this good news of great joy was announced to them. They stood at the bottom rung of the social ladder. They shared the same status as tax collectors and dung sweepers. Shepherding was the menial vocation of a laboring class. They were despised in everyday life. In general, they were considered second class citizens. They were often deprived of their civil rights and they were officially labeled as sinners simply by being born. It was a technical term for a class of despised people. But it is to the shepherds that the good news of great joy is announced first. This is news we should not just tell it Christmas. (laughs) Even from the birth announcement, it's made clear that Jesus' arrival is better news for anybody who feels left out or left behind in this world, and I assure you that it's better news than the world and sometimes the church even offers. I bring you good news of great joy that's for all people, that everyone, that means everyone, it means the same in the Greek, is welcome here. We believe that everyone, it means everyone is essential, that there are no second class people among us, that the last will be first, the first will step aside and make way for that to happen, and that dividing walls will be dismantled today. I believe our world is in dire need of a reminder there's better news, of a rescuer breaking into real life through real people. And my prayer for us is that together we'd come to know and become this better news. We affirm the desire together even as we come to the communion table today where we're invited to take part in a three-dimensional act where we remember. Remember just means to place back into your membership. We place back into our membership uh, 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 Christ who lived in flesh and blood and died in flesh and blood so that our flesh and blood lives would know we are loved and forgiven and offered true life. Before you go, I want to offer you a benediction, um, a blessing, uh, so that you would know at least one time a week that God just wants to pour out blessing on you. Nothing to do, nothing to respond to, just be blessed um, before you go out into real life as real people with really good news. May the God who loved the whole world so much, um, he simply couldn't stay away. So he put on skin to come and walk alongside us in the person of Jesus, who was the Christ May this God go before you to guide the way into a life that is so filled with good news of great joy that perhaps you spill over into people that that are on your way. May this good God go behind you to encourage you that the better news is for all people, which means it includes you and it doesn't exclude anyone else. May this good God be above you to watch over you. May you know that there's a Savior, a Christos Kyrios, a Messiah who watches over you, waiting to be drawn close to your heart. You can just pick him up whenever. May this God go beside you to be your most intimate traveling companion. May you know what it's like to be in a real relationship with a God who shows up in real time, in real places, perhaps even today. And may this God go within you to give you the peace that passes all understanding. This means it's a peace that makes no sense at all. A peace that comes when those who follow God also put on skin and show up in three-dimensional ways for a world that is desperately needing some better news. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, go in peace. Find us online at ww.community.com. Or on Facebook at www.facebook.com backslash awaken Community. Or on Twitter the Awakening Community. See you next time.